Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Skewed and Reviewed TV. I am your host, Gareth Von Kallenbach, creator, editor, and lead reviewer of Skewed and Reviewed. We also have Skewed and Reviewed, that's obviously the website at sknr.net. We have Skewed and Reviewed, the magazine, and I also make um, live appearances at uh, various conventions around the country. I have uh, upcoming events coming for VCon in October up in British Columbia. I also will be appearing at Oricon in uh, beautiful Portland, Oregon, and we have others coming up later in the year. Uh, you can catch me on KSW Radio as well on the BJ Shea Morning Experience, where I appear as the film and game guy, and we're hoping to have some announcements about uh, some upcoming stuff in the not-too-distant future. But for right now, we're going to have a talk about some of the upcoming uh, movies, games, and entertainment news uh, that is making the waves in Hollywood. Now, usually we have a show that's packed with trailers, uh, both movies and games, as well as uh, other things like that. And uh, this week, we are actually taking a detour away from the trailers. We did the same thing a couple weeks ago to talk about Comic-Con. And mainly, I look at it as a state of quality control. When you have a lot of um, uh, trailers, one of the things that you run into is, sure, there's always a trailer you can find. But I believe that if it's not something that I think is worthy enough of being on the show, I'm not going to fill up the air with trailers just for the sake of giving you you know, something to look at. I'm only going to put a trailer on the show if I think it's worth it and it has some redeeming value that we can discuss. Uh, same thing with guests. We're right in the summer. Everybody's got busy, um, you know, schedules. But come the fall, we are going to be having some guests. We're in the works of getting the atomic bombshells back on the show as well as some other guests, um, you know, new and old. I do want to make an announcement right now. I've been keeping this under wraps, but... We are going to be hosting our first convention. Skewed and Reviewed is hosting a celebrity convention called SkewedCon, and it will take place the first weekend in March 2011. And it is a free convention that anybody from all over the world can take part in. All you need is an Internet connection, and we're going to be hosting it through various Skype chat rooms. Uh, we have several celebrity guests in talks to appear, and each of them will be hosting 30- to 60-minute uh, chat so you can go into the room now uh, I will have a full list of names as, so, as soon as we get everyone published but I have about four or five people from the gaming and entertainment industry right now there's several others I'm in discussions with so uh, like I said probably when we get through October November is when I'm looking to lay out hey here are the first guests and I'll keep adding them as we go along you can uh, follow we're going to put together a uh, page on facebook about this and we got a lot of stuff coming really excited about this and we're looking forward to it a lot of people have said you know gareth why don't you host a convention you speak at enough of them i think it'd be a lot of fun and mainly it's just due to my schedule due to the hassle of you know running a hotel going through that going through all the staff i really didn't want to take that on because i felt it would really be overburdened and so i came up with this idea to do a virtual convention which uh We'll see how it goes. I think it's a good compromise, and I think we'll uh, really do well because we don't have to deal with flying in all these guests from all over the world. I've got people who've already said, yeah, I'm going to take time off the uh, film set or the project. I can commit 30 minutes or so to come on and do this. So I'm hoping we're going to be able to get people who otherwise you wouldn't necessarily be able to get on the show. But more of that later. Uh, we've got a lot of special interviews coming up on the website. Right now we have Jim, who is, uh, puts together our magazine and uh, runs Pacific Fan Spotlight. He is up in British Columbia doing the on-set visit for the USA Network show Psych, and he'll be coming back with video and uh, information on that. He completed a roundtable interview for the uh, some of the guys from who did Mr. Science Theater. Joel and the original group went off and did Cinematic Titanic. And Mike Nelson, who was the head writer who took over and finished out the series, and his crew do a show called Rift Tracks, where they provide audio commentaries for some of the more recent films. And uh, they have a theatrical release that you're going to be seeing uh, coming up for Reefer Madness. And it's uh, really interesting. It's one of those fathom events where you, they only show it for one night in certain theaters. You go pay the money, and it shows at the same time nationwide. But... Uh, we have some information on that. We have a lot of really special events coming up. Darren has something that he's going to be taking care of for us tomorrow. We don't know all the details. All we know is that it is at a major location in Seattle. It is a major, major film star 
of a major film series. Now, they won't give us anything more specific than that, but we'll be getting some videotape and some audio interviews and pictures with them tomorrow morning. So as soon as we find out who that is, you can bet uh, we're going to have the video and the information on our Facebook page, on our website, and a lot more. Tons of gaming uh, reviews and interviews coming up. I've got a lot of good stuff in the work. And, uh, you know, since we normally start with movies and leave the games for last, I think I'm going to switch things up a little bit tonight. And we're going to talk about some of the gaming stuff that's coming up. And then we will switch over to movies because we have a lot of interesting stuff to tell you about that. One of the big things tonight that everybody is starting to talk about is, you know, Darren, I've mentioned this to you, is that you have that lull because you have the convention and everybody starts hyping, you know, this is our big thing, this is our big thing. Press releases, PR firms come to this appointment, and then it goes eerily silent. And then it ramps up again. And you have the good folks at Bethesda Software, they're ramping up for uh, QuakeCon, where they're going to show Rage and they're going to talk about some of the new, you know, programs that are coming you also have the big gamers conference over in Cologne, Germany. Well, we're fortunate here in Seattle that we are home to the largest video game conference in America and uh, the second largest in the world. And truthfully, I'm told they're running neck and neck. They're actually getting very close to catching yeah. them. And that's PAX Prime. It used to be called PAX, but now that PAX they've added Prime? an East Coast show, <laughs> oh, the Seattle gotcha. one is called PAX Prime. And the other one is called PAX East. So that'll be the Labor Day weekend. In Seattle, over yeah, I know it's coming. Gotta up. get my press pass. Oh, and uh, of course, it's at the you know Washington State Convention Center. And they had what do they have like sixty five thousand plus people there last year? I, I thought it was fifty last year. I, I bet you they're going to yeah. cap. They're going to get even more. And I, sure. I mean that's it's one of the most insane. Oh, exactly. I didn't know what I I didn't know what to expect the first year. I heard about it over at Maidenbauer. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, it's a video game convention because a lot of people are coming to the mall. I was working at right. the Apple Store. But my first time going to PAX was in 2008, uh-huh. and wow, they, they do it right. It is a great show. Oh, exactly, and this is, I think this is our fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. Let me think. One, two, this is our, this is our fourth year going, and um, you know, the, the thing about it is we always look around. We try to take in the other stuff, but truthfully, I usually have so much just in the exhibition hall alone. I could spend my whole time there. The tournaments, the conferences, all of that. I try to get to something, but, you know, we're swamped. Because for me, you know, Comic-Con is something that really helps out considerably. But one of the great things that really works for me is that I have so many of these reps that I do business with. And they're all here, and they're all in the backyard. And there are some people that you can send, that you know, that you've never met that you can send emails with and Facebook messages with, and hey, no problem, we'll take care of it. There are other people that, you know, for whatever reason, don't really connect with you. But the moment you look them in the eye, you have a little chat, and they can say, okay, I see this guy, I know what he's kind of all about now, had a little chat with him, it opens up the doors. And these are things that are very important because, as we've talked about in the past, when you're going up against multi-billion dollar corporate-backed entities, it's very important that you have, you know, basically your word, your integrity is on the line. And the best way you can say, hey, I'm not some kid in the basement, you know, blogging away for free games is to basically, look, you know, be able to say, look, this is what we do. This is how things are done. You are going to get taken care of. And when I contact you to promote, you know, a various title, this is what I'm going to do for you. And uh, it helps considerably. And so one of the great things about it is it's really nice to be able to get a look see all these new products, get to play them, and then do, you know, your wrap-up shows because you're talking from a position of strength. I know, like, for example, when I go on and I do my holiday preview show on the radio station, we're going to do one here. Uh, When we do it in the magazine and the website, I'm not out saying, oh, buy this game based on reputation. I'm talking about a game that I've seen in its nearly completed state, and I can say, based on what I've seen, this is how we're going to do things. Anyway... The reason I mention that is that we're in kind of the lull right now before the storm, and PAX Prime is coming up. We mentioned the dates on that. Believe it or not, Darren, I'm already starting to get invites. I've had four already. Nothing nothing from any of the really, really big companies yet, but that's usually the way it works. I mean, last year, year before that, year before that, you'd start getting emails from smaller companies you haven't heard of because they're very anxious to book you and lock you into these appointments. Now... 
I don't like this to sound snobby, but my first two years, I booked all these appointments. And I later, and I ended up regretting it, not because the people did not have quality stuff for me to see, because there were a lot of smaller vendors that had stuff. The biggest problem is when you get in a place like that, schedule quickly goes out the window. And I remember my second year, everybody who wrote me, yeah, yeah, I'm making an appointment. And it was a nightmare because I was spending all my time going, oh, God, I got to be over here. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. okay, got to run. And then you'd go there and then you'd get somewhere and they're like, oh, who are you here to see? Oh, you have an appointment? Oh, he's not I here. Hate that. Yeah, let me see if I can find him. And then you run behind. And so the truth is you end up sitting in five minutes and it becomes nothing more than, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, here's my card. I'll write you. Thank you. Bye. And I said, no. And so last year, with the exception of some really big games, Electronic Arts, Left for Dead 2, you know, things that we're going to have. An awesome booth, by the way. Huge backups where they said, look, we want to get you in and out, set a time. Okay, I can do that. But for a lot of them, and it worked out well, I told them, I said, look, I want to give you the time that your product deserves without having to be in a hurry and looking at the clock. And I, we went and saw some of the smaller titles that aren't even out yet that are still in development. It was a lot easier to go and say, okay, you know, I'm going to just start at this corner. I'm going to walk up and down. I'm going to talk with them. You have a little chat with someone. They start getting busy. Hey, here's my card. Let me get yours. I'll send you an email afterwards, and we can finish this when you have time because I know you have a lot of people to see today. And the other thing about that is, you know, I, I don't want that can spiel. Some of them come out there, well, this is the latest incarnation of the end. It's going to be the right. And it's like, okay, great. Well, do you see it? Well, we just have a demo screen right now. But if you stand in line here, I'll let you play. It's like, well, no, you know. And so I think for me, that was the true joy is being able to move around and say, oh, you know, look at this. All of a sudden, this developer has come up that wasn't supposed to be there, and they've got time to talk about something. We had that happen a couple of years ago with Blizzard. Uh, you know, completely unexpected. They came up and said, hey, we've got about uh, 10 minutes. Do you want to talk to someone about Diablo 3? And I was like, yeah, of course I want to talk to someone about Diablo 3. You know, or there was one time we were up and they were like, do you want to go on stage and play rock band? I was like, sure, I want to go on stage and play rock band. Absolutely. By the way, uh, when I was at Comic-Con, I got to see Rock Band 3 with the very popular and to some controversial keyboard that is included with it. And I was kind of, actually, I was kind of disappointed because they had these guys go up and they were all in costume. And they were doing, I don't know the name of the band, I'm going to sound bad, but it's this, it's this um, progressive band did a version of Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson, which is a little more alternative. And they were up there and they were rocking away and I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. This is going to be and they didn't touch the keyboard. He kept it just to the guitar, drums, and vocals. Didn't even throw the bass line in there. And I'm like, oh, this is lame. And I'm sitting there going, I can do this. And Jen's like, yeah, why don't we just not do that? <laughs> but anyway, the reason I mention that is I, I think what I'd like to do is I want to talk about some of the things that I'd really like to see at PAX. You know, some of these are confirmed. Some of these haven't been confirmed. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. I mean, I, obviously, I'm hoping Blizzard's up there. I'd love to see Cataclysm. And I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see more of, um, what do you call it, um, Diablo three. But you know, you got BlizzCon coming up, and all these things kind of complicate things. I'd like to see. I'd love. I mean, hopefully Valve will be there. They're a big enough company. I well, here's the thing. They're not, their next release that they're announcing is Portal two, but that's been pushed back to 2011. Now they did show it at E three. So maybe, just maybe, Valve will show will come up and they'll say, "Here's Portal," uh, you know, "Here's Portal 2. And then there's a lot of people, fingers crossed, saying, "Oh, I'd love to see a Left 4 Dead three. I'd love to see Half Life two, Episode three. I'm not really holding out for that because the truth is, PAX has, for the most part, not been when they make major announcements. They make those at E3, even though PAX is a bigger conference, and. I think part of that, I, you know, I, Darren, I've actually thought about that a lot, going, well, everybody said OE3 is dying, and then they had to reinvent themselves. Why do the big announcements get made at E3 but not up at PAX, which is a bigger conference? And then it dawned on me. PAX is in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. No, it's Los Angeles most. Sometimes it's Vegas, but mostly E3 is in Los Angeles, exactly, which is the media hub. You know, you've got the L.A. Times. You've got all the major publications right there. You know, that you got the guys coming in from Japan and all that. Boom, one stop, bang. Even though 
let's be honest, you can fly into Seattle from Japan just as easy as you can fly into Los Angeles, but point of the matter. And one of the things I'm really hoping for is I want to talk about Sony a little bit. Got a chance to have a look at some of the stuff Sony has got in the offering, and I know we're going to see a few of these things up at, e at PAX. Uh, Little Big Planet 2, which, you know, obviously a continuation of their popular character puzzle series. They have uh, Killzone 3, which is coming out. And, you know, words really cannot describe this, Darren. We, you remember we showed the video on that about a few weeks back. I think about a month ago, actually, we showed the video for Killzone 3. Killzone 3 is one of the new um, PlayStation 3 titles that will also be available to be played over a 3D television. Now, obviously, you have to see the glasses, have the glasses, and so on and so forth. I thought it was a gimmick. I have seen the 3D TVs. I have seen the 3D games. They are fantastic, actually. This is not your little cardboard glasses. These are actual, you know, plastic-reinforced lenses with a battery in them. And at uh, Comic-Con, I got to see Capcom's Left 4 Dead running on a 3D monitor with NVIDIA and the glasses, and it truly was impressive. It looked like a 3D cartoon standing out there. I just recently got to play the... Uh, I was at... Uh fries the other day and, and got to play the new Batman game. Yes. They had a demo there with the 3D glasses and mm -hmm. I was very impressed with the, the level of 3D. Right. I mean, it, it not only went to like a third person point of view, but also let you sort of go into this first person point of view, but when mm -hmm. you threw the weapons, you followed along with them. Right. I think it was, it was, it was, a, it was interesting. Uh, it's, it's very interesting where, where that's going to come into play, especially in the gaming market. Right. And one of the things that I was very interested in is I actually got to see um, Monsters vs. Alien played on a high def, excuse me, a 3D Blu-ray player with a 3D television. And my original thought is the guys on the radio show asked me right after E3, you know, is this a gimmick or is it here to stay? And I remember being asked something very similar about HDTV years ago. And my thought on it was, well, right now it's a gimmick in the fact that if you want to go out and spend $2,000 to have a piece of hardware, that's fine. But the moment they start broadcasting in this, the moment you start being able to buy all, if not, you know, half at least, but if not all of your Blu-rays in a 3D format, then you're going to have something. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, look what happened. You know, my big thing was I held off on an HD until they were around 500 bucks. And about, boy, has it been that long now? About uh, yeah, about, eight ten, ten about, grand. Yeah, about eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, I was able to pick up a, you know, a, a 27-inch Philips TV. It had, it had the big back to it, but the front was flat, HD for about $560. Wow. And, you know, I had a store credit at the various stores, so at that point it was like 180 out of pocket. I said, why not? It's, it's close enough to the range. And yeah, it was amazing. Even without you know all the the high speed hookups, without all that, it, it's fantastic. We have one at the we have a, another one at the house as well, and we have the PS3 hooked up to that. We have the you know the Blu-ray players hooked up, and it is very impressive. It is a nice feature. Bottom line though, you got your DVDs in high def now. You got your Blu-rays in high def, and there is a large number of excuse me, there are a large number of channels that are broadcasting in high def. And remember, they had the mandatory switch over that they all had to start broadcasting. So there you go. There, I mean, from this point on, I think you'll, you'll be rare to find any TV. It's not high def, you know, that going forward. That's just the way it's going to be. And I think that's the case with 3D. I think maybe in another two to five years, the price will come down. The quality will continue to improve. You'll start to see more things. And that's kind of why these game companies are saying, I want to get a piece of it. No. The um, I forget the name of it. They showed it. It was really cool. There is a top-down zombie apocalypse game that you can get through the Sony download store. They're not going to sell it as a disc. You have to go to the Sony store and get it. Yeah, in a way, exactly. And it was very, very good because they were just all over the place. And it was, you know, absolute top-down chaos. Smack, 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 burn, blow up. There you go. And I'm looking at this going, yeah, this works for me. And then they showed me something, and Darren, I think you'd get a real kick out of this. I think Jen's got the video, and uh, she'll probably be posting that soon. We have a ton of video from our trip to Disneyland and Comic-Con. We got to play the Wii Move controller. Did I say Wii Move? Sorry. The uh, PlayStation Move, which is, is, is kind of like their version of the motion-sensing controller. The difference is, unlike the Wii, it is much more sensitive 
and it has much more acute reaction time than the Wii. Now, like, for example, with the Wii, say you wanted to throw a punch, you could go, you know, you say this is the Wii, the thing. You could go like this. You could go like this. You can go like this. You know, for the most part, anything, any kind of movement this way, it's going to read as this. Well, the, the PS3 one, they're very clever because they have the buttons built into it here. And you you kind of you you have like the triggers and everything all in one, similar to the Wii, but you also have other buttons and other abilities. Literally, you know, like the whole P, you know how like with the um, with their with the um, Wii, you have to plug in the joystick and use the remote for certain games. You don't have to do that for the Move because they have the directional controls and all the buttons right there, so you could be moving it around like this. One of the things about it is you have to like calibrate it it was really cool like when you get started you have to have the camera with it and everybody said well that's stupid why do i need to have the you know the playstation camera to do the game and everyone said oh that's a drawback i gotta buy this no it's actually very smart they put the camera right here on top of the, the tv and when you start you kind of go like this and it centers it it customizes the controls to your your arm span your reach and it'll say okay this guy's about this tall you know, his arms are out to here. Put, you know, put your arms out, and it, it takes an idea of exactly what your, what your you know, arm span is. And the game they played, they said it was a working title, so I won't bother, you know, with that. It was basically you're in a prison yard in the cell block, and uh, this dude comes out, and you got to take him out. And so one of the great things about it is, you know how kind of like with the Nintendo Wii Boxing, you know, you have to move the joystick, move, and it's jab. It's uh, This thing was true movement. I stood there like this and put my hands up, like that, like that, like that, like that, and it and it literally everything. And the guy was really, you know, the Sony guy's like, yeah, you're picking this up because you dodge your head like that, your head dodges. And one of the great things about it was you were able to feint the jab, you know, with your left. You could slip, give him the uppercut, come around with a hook, and then come over the top grab him in a headlock, and then start going like this to him. And it was just, it was like, wow, because it, it reacted. I mean, let's face it, it's not as identical to if you were doing it, but it was pretty damn close. I mean, it was pretty much whatever I did with, my, with the hands, the thing pretty much reacted accordingly. And it was a really impressive game, and they, you know, they, they've got this whole line of things. They were like showing this archery game. And it's precise. I mean, literally, if you want to split an arrow, you can, you can line it up and get it going. So, I, you know, that'll be coming out at Christmas time, and I expect we're going to see a lot of that at PAX this year. And, uh, you know, for me, that was the, the classic. I mean, I, I, yeah, I beat the guy down. I, I did actually win that round. And I tell you, I, I got to work out. It, I felt like I'd sparred a few rounds with the guys, the shoulders, and it was like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go 10 rounds tonight, folks, not without – not without a training regimen, but I, I looked at that and I said, think about how cool this would be. I mean, nobody has really done every boxing game they've ever done because the Nintendo Wii does not have an online thing. And I know they have Fight Night Round mm -hmm. 3, but it's still, you know, button, button, button. This is the first time you're going to be able to put that camera in. And I'm guessing if they're halfway smart, they're going to make it so you can put your avatar on the screen. And you could say, dude, let's go. And you could put your buddy on the camera and you could say, let's go, let's go. So, and you could truly kick each other's butt. So what do you think, like, Xbox is working on in the background then? Well, they have like Natal. They have Project Natal, which they've okay. also, you know, had titles on it. The problem was, or as they call it, Kinect, as in kinetic motion and that sort of thing. They had the problems of, they didn't have the best showing of it at E3. There was some lag, there was some hang-up, and people looked at it and said, you know, it's really nothing revolutionary potentials there but it's not really showing us anything we haven't already seen and of course you know ps3 is gaining market right now and it's you know depending on worldwide they're, they're they sell more ps3s than they do uh xboxes now especially in europe and asia the big question is going to be you know how much better is it and you know both of them are going to be showing this thing off here because christmas time is when they're ready to hit the market and uh you know, this is their last really big chance to go out and make an impression on people. And, of course, you know, the, the guys that um, – the biggest argument, and this has been the problem, 
the biggest argument that the P- the Xbox guys uh, had against them was that there isn't a control built in. It was, an, it was a motion thing, but they said, well, all right, this looks good for things like this and things like this. We've already played these. Let me play Halo with it. Well, I, you can't because there's no buttons and there's not the, you know, the, you don't have the multiple buttons that you need to play a game like Halo, whereas with the PS3 one you do. And so that's kind of the thing. And like anything else, the question's going to be, who designed? Because let's be honest, there are a lot of Nintendo Wii games out there. We're sure you wiggle it around, but they hit it out of the box first. Wii Sports is the one that really truly shows off how good that is. That Wii Sports Resort, those really show off. But yet, you know, it's still a limited thing. You're still up and down, and when you're doing your movement, you're walking around. All the games are on a rail. They control it for you. And I think the PS3 is saying, look. Forget that stuff. We're going to give you a full environment that you can walk around in, and we're going to give you a full range of motions. And so it's going to come down to who programs the best games for it. Either way, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what both of them have to show, and I am sure they're both going to be running out because, you know, they're going to have Halo. What, what is the new Halo called? Breach, is it? Yeah, and then they're going to have probably Gears of War 3 there. And, you know, Capcom has got the fantastic Marvel versus Capcom that we showed on last week's show. We're going to see Dead Rising 2. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. And one of the other things I'm really curious about is the next generation of MMOPGs. You know, it'd be nice, MMO, ah, MMORPGs, excuse me. It would be nice if uh, LucasArts was there, but traditionally they don't come up to these things like to see the new, you know, it looked good at um, Comic-Con. I'd like to see how Clone Wars and The Force Unleashed 2 is coming. Um, but at the same time, I think you have a chance to see something really new. For example, Blizzard has a new, a new game coming, and it's supposedly not related to any of their other intellectual properties. So it'll be very interesting. I'm sure you'll see a lot of this at BlizzCon when it comes out. Another thing that people are wondering about is, well, you know, you're here in Pirates of the Burning Sea, there are rumors that there might be another City of Heroes coming, called City of Heroes 2. Um, we talked last week about and showed the video about DC Online, where you get to play the DC comic heroes and that sort of thing. So it'll be very interesting to see exactly what's going to happen, who's going to have the, uh, you know, the upper hand for this. I think it's safe to say that regardless of which, you're going to see a lot of really big games. Like a prime example, uh, you know, the whole world's bracing for the release of Madden. And, uh, you know, I, I've been one of those that some of them really worked for me, some of them didn't. I played the demo of Madden, uh, the latest Madden, and I have to say I was pretty impressed. I think one of the problems that I've always had with the game is I felt some of them were too much micromanagement. And to me, I want a game that actually has a flow to it where I'm not spending all my time, you know, having to worry about once you throw the ball, working the little joystick to guide it in and all of this. You know, I want realism, but at the same time, I'd like to know that once I hit the ball and throw the ball and the guy has it, that my concern at that point is just maneuvering him through the fields and and that sort of thing. And I think uh, the demo really set that up well because the play calling was really good. They, They basically set it for you but give you the option to audible and then call the play. Because you know how in the past it would always be, you know, do you want a pro set offense or this set offense? And then there goes through and then you have to pick the different. They don't do that. It comes out and says, you know, we've got to basically, we've got your play already called for this set. If you want to come out of it and go and do something else, then you hit the audible button. You know, do I want to run? Do I want to pass? Deep pass, short pass. And it was much quicker doing the options. And one of the things that I really liked was I found it much easier to run the ball. Now, admittedly, I had the Indianapolis Colts, which didn't hurt. But it was pretty awesome. Like on a, on a second and 10, I could put Manning back in the shotgun, audible to an inside handoff, send a die up the gut, and there you go. And it was like, and it was cool because, you know, I'm in the move and like the stick works the bottom and then the top works the, the, you know, the other stick works the top and I'm cutting through the line, turning sideways, going like this. And it's like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And truthfully, I would have skunked the New York Giants except for my idiot dropped a ball on the, the kickoff return. And what I really liked was that so many of the games, you have such a learning curve and it's like, oh, you know, I'm struggling to move the ball between the hash marks. And I didn't have that problem with this one. I was able to just... You know, 
go conservative when I wanted to, but when I wanted to run a play action and really air it out, I could. And, uh, you know, I think, I think they found the perfect match between giving everybody everything they want, but yet making it simple enough that if you don't want to do all the high-end stuff, if you want to go out there and just throw the ball around and run it without having to do it through a massive learning curve, you can do it and still be somewhat competitive. Now, of course... You know, I take that online, and I'm sure there's going to be a guy that's pretty tough. But one of the things that I've always pointed out is in the past that when you when you get like NCAA 10 and the last Madden, you struggle for a little bit to get up and down the field and to start getting the ball right. Uh, kicking can be a bit of a challenge, and not in this one. It was pretty sweet. You know, I, I, I was banging on some kicks from about 45 yards out, and I was really impressed with that. And so I think they've hit it out of the ballpark. I truly think this will be the best Madden yet, so... Uh, you know, we'll look to see how that goes. Um, we finished Singularity, Darren, and uh, I want to thank the guys at Activision. As I said, we've been having a lot of success with our contest for that. Speaking of contest, oh my goodness, how can I forget? Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Saw it the other week. We have screeners yeah, for the, that. Uh, I can't talk about it yet until the movie comes out, but <laughs> let's just say. I uh, No, believe me, it's a, it's a pain of death from studio. I am heartily endorsing our free screening tomorrow night at Pacific Place, Seattle. If you would like to go see Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for free, we have passes for two. 7 o'clock Pacific Place, be there about 6, first come, first serve. All you need to do is send Darren an email. And he'll take care of them, and you don't need to worry about, oh, if you don't have time to get the passes, I will either have them up at the studio waiting for you, or I will put your name on a list. Do go up and check it out. It is worth seeing, and that much I can say. It is one of the most unique films out there, and the uh, celebrity appearances is beyond, uh, beyond amazing. I, I mean, there are cameos that I can't talk about because it spoils the surprise. Um, his... The women in his life are quite interesting. It's a funny film. And, you know, truthfully, if you've ever played video games, it's for you. If you try to go see it and you're not a video game player or at least someone who's experienced with video games, you'll be like, huh? Mm -hmm. What? But a great, great film. We had a great time. My wife, uh, my wife was laughing at it. We had a good, we, we uh, really enjoyed it. So hopefully it'll all play out. Uh, Expendables is running tonight, and of course I'm here doing this, so we have somebody watching that, and uh, can't wait to see Arnold and Stallone and company mix things up. Now, speaking of Stallone, uh, you remember, Darren, how we talked about uh, Stallone saying, well, you know what, I'm not going to do a Rambo 5. Uh, I think the story has come to a point where he made it home to the States. He's back home in Arizona. You know, he had this peaceful ending, let's leave it alone and let's not torment the guy anymore. One of the producers was saying, well, you know, we're kind of talking about a Rambo 5, and we're prepared to do it without Stallone if necessary. And I'm like, yeah, there's a good idea. The son of Rambo. Well, actually, Stallone has come up the with... The daughter a, of Rambo. Stallone has actually come up with a very interesting idea that I think would work. And he said, you know, he clarified, I'm not against doing another Rambo film. I just don't believe we need to go further than where the story ended. He had closure let it be. But he said, I think the original story of Rambo, i.e. what happened to him when in the, in the Vietnam War that got him his Congressional Medal of Honor that, you know, basically made him the legend that he is, the, you know, one of only two survivors of that elite unit. The other one ended up dying of Agent Orange when he got back to the States. What happened? Now, where, where did you find that one? Where did you find that fact out from? Rambo 4? What? what, what his buddy, he, buddy died of Agent Orange. First film. Remember, I remember that. First film at the beginning. He's walking into the town. Oh, is that and he, his buddy that he's looking for? He's died. going to see his buddy, and he has the photo of all I of them in their unit. I just watched that recently, and I never knew that's... Yeah, that I, was I his buddy. His, I he's he, never found him. He came in, and he talked to him, and she oh. said, he said, cancer brought it back with him. In the end, I could lift him up the bed himself. And then when Troutman calls him in, he's doing the roll call for the company, and he says, they're all gone, sir. They're all gone but me. And he goes, ah, not him. He made it back. And he said, no, sir. He came back dead and didn't even know it. And uh, he's like, oh, sorry, John. I didn't know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was just on TV the other night, so that's how I'm, I'm up on this. Anyway, a little interesting fact. James Cameron wrote the uh, original screenplay for Rambo First Blood 2, 
which if you follow the original storyline in the book that First Blood was based on, Rambo was killed by his colonel at the end of the film in a mercy killing. And, you know, that scene where he's breaking down and I can't get a job parking cars, but I can, you know, I could drive multi-million dollar tanks and all that stuff. And he breaks down and he embraces his colonel. His colonel kills him, uh, you, know, sympath- you know, quietly puts the gun in his back, takes him out as a mercy killing because he realized, you know, for Rambo, the war, he could never find peace. He was a creature of war. And that was the scene they shot. And it was one of the first cases of they, sh- they put the film to a test audience. And the test audience says, we love the film, but God, you got to change the ending. That man can't die after going through all that. And so they had, they had a lot of debate, and they said, okay, let's, uh, let's have him incarcerated. And lo and behold, three very successful films followed. And um, anyway, Stallone, is in, in uh, one of the original storylines, Cameron wrote the screenplay for part two. Stallone did the rewrite, which is what you see in the theaters. He had talked about one of the uh, ideas was that they, in the book, if you ever see the screenplay, Darren, you'll kind of get an idea. And what they hinted at, and it's very interesting, Rambo was captured by the Viet Cong in the Vietnam War. And he was tortured. You know, they show that a little bit through the flashbacks and stuff like that. And he ended up with a severe case of dysentery. And he actually escaped the camp, made it through, you know, ungodly miles of very dangerous jungle with a bad case of dysentery with the Viet Cong soldiers on his back and managed to survive and get through to the U.S. forces. And he had crucial pieces of information. So it was basically implied that because of what he encountered, not breaking in the prison camp, getting out, taking a few of their high-ranking people with him, even though he was on the verge of death with dysentery and escaping to the front lines with the information, they, um, they gave him the Congressional Medal of Honor. And I think what Stallone has said is that there's a lot of interest in telling that story. And so he may get to do that. The only thing I'm concerned about is how does Stallone in his 50s pull off uh, Stallone being 20? That was going to be my next question. But, you know, the digital makeup has been done many times before. Let's remember the X-Men. They made... do it for Arnold and Terminator for Salvation. They made Patrick Stewart and... um, uh, What's his name? Um, uh, Surian McKellum. They made them look about 20 years younger, too. So, you know, it can be done. The only thing is, for a short scene, you can do it. But can you pull it off for two hours worth of stuff and not doing it? You know, but th- there, are, you know, there are ways to do it. Like, remember my cousin Vinny? They made Joe Pesci look twenty years younger because you know he had to be with Marissa Tomei, and they didn't want. And so, you know, they used an old Hollywood trick. It's actually quite funny. They took uh, strips, put them in here, and they anchored them, and they put a little bit of a hairpiece on. And literally, all it did was just, you know, it's like putting a piece of tape here and putting it up here. It stretch. Well, it's an old. They've been using it since the twenties. It pulls the skin back made him look younger and so i did not know that oh yeah yeah so you learn all these little tricks about that what do you think we use here on itv and we never talk about exactly exactly we, we just make things look bigger here on itv that's all oh yeah exactly so you know darren these, you know these are all things that are going to be very interesting to talk about you have um like for example uh damon lindoff who is the one of the produced co-producers of lost who works very tightly with jj abrams and as I mentioned, pre-production on Star Trek, the next Star Trek movie begins in January. Damon Lindoff, um, as they're plugging away about the new version of um, Lost, which is coming out on DVD with the oh yeah, the new new version, the the final season of Lost. New oh, you mean the final w- but season? With the twelve additional minutes about what happened when Hugo. And Ben were left in charge of the island. That is going to be added onto the disc, so you can ah. find out exactly a little more about what what happened. You remember at the end when he said you were a great boss and you were a great assistant and all that. We're gonna find they have a twelve minute segment that's gonna kind of show when they were ex- outside of the church at no. the finale of Lost. Did you see the finale? Yet? Yeah, yeah. Hugo comes in and he says to Ben, "Are you coming inside?" Yes, and I'm he ready. says, "No, not yet. I'm not ready." Mm-hmm. And he basically apologizes and said, hey, you were a good leader. And he says, you know, you were a good number one, basically. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out exactly in, in that 12-minute segment. Ah. They're going to allude to that and find out. 
and it's also going to answer a few more questions about exactly what the Dharma Initiative is and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, I'm wondering how much lost footage is going to make it into lost that wasn't oh, there for the You can imagine... You the can imagine DVDs. they're going to be talking about this forever. It's kind yeah. of like Entourage. They've come out right now and said, we're finishing up this season, six episodes next year, that's it, but we're keeping the option open for a movie, just like mm-hmm. 24. They finished it. They have a screenplay in place right now that they've apparently all agreed to. They just have to do the polish act on it, and then they can do a movie. Now, one of the uh, interesting little twists is Damon Lindoff has been approached by Sir Ridley Scott to do the final polish on the two scripts for the Alien prequel film. So I'm thinking that's pretty impressive. You got an Alien prequel that everyone says the script is really solid, and then you got one of the big guys from Lost coming in to do the final polish on it. You know, I just noticed the other day, I wanted to go see Predators. It's only playing at three theaters around the city. It will be out, I heard September, late September, it'll be coming out on DVD. Wow, why, why was it out for a while? And I yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's made a profit. And they've already started yeah. talking about a sequel. Okay. And, you know, it's like anything else. The, the DVD is going to have some additional features. There's a comic book out right now which kind of talks about what happened after the film a little bit from Dark Horse. And, you know, you have a lot of good stuff. It, there's a quick turnaround right now. You remember we were talking about The Karate Kid and how much money it's making? It's already coming out on DVD and Blu-ray in October. You know, James and the Giant Peach, Disney has re-released that. I'm sure Toy Story 3 will probably be making its debut by Christmas time. So you see a really quick turnaround, real quick turnaround on stuff. Anyway, uh, I know we're getting near the end, Darren, and I wanted to make sure that we get a chance to get in the video trailer that we brought today. have not even had a chance to see this myself, but this is the latest in the Call of Duty Black Ops, and uh, obviously it's coming in November for the PlayStation 3 the Xbox 360, the PC, and probably be for the Wii as well. And uh, this is the new teaser trailer. It was sent to me just this afternoon. Did not even have a chance to uh, watch it yet. And I sent it over for you guys to check out. So, Darren, if it's ready, why don't you fire it up? I mean, I don't know about you guys. If I can do that go-kart with a remote-controlled cart and multiplay, that's all I'm going to play all day long. I'll sit there. I'll load that sucker up going, come on, bring it, bring it. But uh, a lot of good stuff coming, Darren. That's for sure. I wonder if that'll be some kind of like power-up special item that you get to use once. Like you have to do five or ten on a kill streak to get it, like you get the chopper and all that. Have you ever seen the Modern Warfare 2 nuke? You have to do a 25 kill streak to get it. And I thought, there is no way you can do that. You know, maybe if you know the best hidey hole in the world and you're sitting up there with claymores all around you and maybe you're sniping, you can do it. And there's actually a video on YouTube how you pull it off. And it's actually pretty clever. Guy goes out, he takes his gun. He, you know, he actually got taken out in the, a couple of the early things. Comes back in, he pops a few guys with his machine gun and his knife. And then what happens is he found an area. He gets to a place where he has enough. He calls in the airstrike. So he starts blasting out. So all of a sudden he's like 10 to 12. Then he gets the the gunship where you can control the cannon. And he starts blasting him. He's like... And he, you know, just through his power-ups, 
he got up to the 25th. And once you do that, it says nuke. He hits the nuke button, countdown, the whole screen goes, he drops dead, everyone drops dead, game over, instant win. And that was the key. Is he, the guy said, you have to get six, get your helicopter, get a good run, and then get up to that gunship. And then once you have the gunship where it's got the cannon in the side, he said, if you're in the spot where they're all spawning, you just pick them off. He said, Cause you got two minutes, and he, he ran about 26, 27 people down right there. And uh, he said, instant nuke done. So anyway, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to Rage, which we're going to get some footage of the updated footage of that soon. And uh, before we close out tonight, Darren, I'm curious about uh, your early impressions of StarCraft too. You know, I was just actually talking with Matt here in the studio about it earlier, and he said, I'm on the third third or fourth mission. He says, yeah, the first three missions, tutorial, I recognize a lot of it from the original StarCraft. You know, mm-hmm. here's your first little mission, walk through the town. Mm-hmm. Here's your second mission, defend yourself from yeah, the yeah. Zerg invasion. Yeah, those are nothing compared to it's, what's coming. <laughs> okay, I, I just passed the one that's uh, on the on the lava planet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Char. I got through Char. Wait, that wasn't Char? so bad. The char. Is that the one where the lava keeps rising in the seismic that's, activity? That's the one I just did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not there yet. So, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not there yet. We, no, we have this one where there's a special type of gas I'm taking from the proton. That's the next mission I'm on yeah. right now with the ray and see, I, I'm actually, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually whipping through that. And I've got six of the seven barrels. The problem is there's three geysers left. And if you sit tight to build up your forces, they start capping the geysers. So the only yeah. two left, you have to go right through heavily fortified bases. And so what happened the other day was I, I almost had it. I, I think I figured out a, a, you know, a chink in the armor, as it were. I took my small attack force, and it was kind of the old, well, ideally I need to double it to do the job right. Mm-hmm. But if I do that, they're going to have time to cap the well. So you kind of go over there, you blast them from capping the well, which buys you a little more time and what i what i did was i punched through a small base to get to it rather than go around like that and get caught in between the two the problem is the moment you're halfway through pulling the old one they bring in their forces and you know you can't get the reinforcements there fast enough i found a little tactic i'm going to try that actually worked when you're engaging them in combat the heavy assault ships will target the little drones because they're the ones that actually grab the all-important gas And what I found is if you put five or six of them around the target, you have one of them harvesting the gas, and they start firing at one. You take them, and you send them off in five different directions. It will start chasing one of the little robots, which should give you enough time to get the guy. (laughs) And just, oh, Because once they start firing at one, they stay on it until it's destroyed. Mm -hmm. So when they do that, if it's not the one it's harvesting, Run! You yeah. go free! You go free! Well, I, I had to. I had to admit, I, when I opened up the box, I was a little disappointed that the manual. The you know, normally I'm mm. I'm a guy that remembers manuals coming with the game, telling you about all the players, all the things. Shh, you're gonna get me in trouble, Darren. <laughs> go on. <laughs> I, I had to buy the the, the guidebook. Mm. So it's a very comprehensive guidebook. I give the guys props. Very well written, and uh, it was you know it, it's helping me out. So. I want to just get in some multiplayer. So yeah. anyone that's watching the show, Darren, B-R-U-C is Darren Bruce. Mm-hmm. If you got an invite from me. Yeah, I'm also on there as well. So if people want to add yeah. me, they can definitely can. And on a quick note, I've been playing the Kanan Lynch 2 Dog Days demo. Struggled a little bit with Kanan Lynch original, but I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying this one. The, uh, shooting up cops in Shanghai, say what you will. And I'll leave it at this. This is one of the more puzzling aspects. They're doing a Kanan Lynch movie. And the original plan was... Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton. Now apparently they want to do Bruce Willis and Jamie Foxx. And I'm like, you do know both the guys are Caucasian, right? In both part one and part two. So leave it as it is. That's, you know, that's Hollywood. Now you got to, you got to appeal to the widest possible demographic base you possible. Uh, but, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Anyway, that's going to be it for us tonight. Uh, we'll be back next week with brand new, uh, clips We'll have another contest for you, and we'll have some new talk and discussion. And we'll actually be starting to load up on uh, PAX uh, video clips that I'm going to start showing to you as best I can. Usually, though, they like to keep everything a secret until after the show. But uh, that's how uh, we're going to do it. we got a lot of good stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye.
I'm attorney Alexander Ransom. Have you been charged with a DUI or faced any other criminal charges? If you're in trouble with the law, you need a trial attorney who's aggressive, experienced, and effective. Call today for a free consultation, the law offices of Alexander Ransom. I look forward to serving you and getting your criminal charges reduced or dismissed. Call today. The law offices of Alexander Ransom. Call today. appeal at an appealing price. Whether you want traditional, carriage house, custom wood, or even glass garage doors, we have an option that's right for you. Make the right decision. Call Precision. Problem solved. 303-566-7000. 303-566-7000. 